Are you experiencing strange symptoms that don't seem related to any organ or place in your body? Then it may have something to do with your neurotransmitters, which are the chemical messengers that allow your cells to communicate with each other. This is the Dr. Lam Show, and we're here to empower you to take control of your health. I'm Dr. Jeremy Lam, and I focus on chronic disease and how to address them holistically. And I'm Dr. Carrie Lam, and I am board certified in family medicine, regenerative medicine, and anti-aging. And I like to take a more integrative approach to issues like this. Today, we're going to be talking about neurotransmitters, what they are, what can happen when your levels are unbalanced. And so make sure you like and subscribe to this show. If you would like to share it, that would also get more people to benefit from what we're talking about. So now let's start with an introduction to some of the most strong and most commonly known neurotransmitters. Dr. Jeremy, which would you like to talk about first today? Well, let's talk about the dopamine. Uh, dopamine is the neurotransmitter that is in charge of your reward center. So anytime you feel rewarded, whether you bite into a piece of chocolate or you did something really good or you have sex, the dopamine gets fired and it makes you feel rewarded from that firing. Dopamine is also a very important chemical precursor to two other important substrates. One is norepinephrine and the other one is epinephrine. So you would say that dopamine is the grandmother because uh, the daughter of dopamine chemically is norepinephrine. And so norepinephrine is a very, very important neurotransmitter, right? And, uh, and it is a very important neurotransmitter because it acts both as a messenger as well as a stimulant. And so Dr. Carey, why don't you tell us more about norepinephrine? So norepinephrine is the neurotransmitter that keeps you alert. Of course, we know a lot of street drugs like amphetamines or even some medical medi medications like Adderall can keep people alert. Um, so norepinephrine has this function in this neurotransmitter to cause brain alertness. And it also has a hormone function in other parts of the body, which we won't talk about today. And as we said, it comes from dopamine and then becomes norepinephrine. And then if the dopamine is the grandmother, we can say the mother is norepinephrine and then the daughter would be epinephrine. So they're all very closely related, right? And they are all very important hormones. And so Dr. Jeremy, tell us a little about epinephrine. So epinephrine, again, the daughter or the hormones, it actually comes from the adrenals. And so that's why it's a, actually a hormone. And so epinephrine is such an important hormone that ha has its own pathways. So rather than the norepinephrine, which comes from dopamine, right? Epinephrine comes from the adrenals and it makes your heart pound. It makes you ready to fight and it makes you be able to get ready to run away for your life, right? If you're experiencing a life-threatening encounter. So, uh, you know, if you have a robber or you're in the middle of a car accident, then it's epinephrine that's causing you to be alert, to be excited, and to be able to handle your situations in that acute stress. 
And then the norepinephrine also helps with the circulation and helping you stand up and helping your heart pound and uh, breathe better also. So both neurotransmitters are very needed when you have a stress response, both norepinephrine and epinephrine. And then the body tries to self-balance itself with the dopamine, with the reward system. And then on the other side of this uh, is the sympathetic response that you have is the parasympathetic nervous system. What is the main uh, uh, neurotransmitter on that side, Dr. Jeremy? So acetylcholine is the main neurotransmitter on the parasympathetic nervous system side, and that helps calm your body down and is responsible for the, you know, flight response uh, or not for the fight response, but really calming your body down when you do encounter stress. Right. So if you have a lot of epinephrine running through your body with adrenaline rushes, then the acetylcholine is going to come and help calm your body down. And so it has to be a very careful balance, right, between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. And when it's imbalanced, then that's when you start to develop symptoms and clinical ramifications. Yeah, and some of those symptoms can be adrenaline rushes. If you've been undergoing a lot of chronic stress, it might not only be just your boss uh, shouting at you or you being chased by a dog anymore. Even little uh, triggers can make you have an adrenaline rush, like whether it's opening the fridge door, the change in the temperature, uh, watching a horror movie can make you have an adrenaline rush and cause um, these norepinephrine and epinephrine to have a much higher output than you normally would. And so if you're feeling some of these symptoms associated with neurotransmitters and it kind of sounds a little familiar to you and you don't know how to deal with them, it could be very common that your adrenals are fatigued. And if you're struggling and you need help, call our team for a free initial phone call, okay? 714-709-8000 and learn about how we can use holistic health uh, to deal with this neurotransmitter imbalance. And so, uh, we left off at acetylcholine, and we kind of want to talk a little more about this parasympathetic system. Dr. Jeremy, tell us a little more about that. So the parasympathetic nervous system is, again, uh, responsible for the rest and digest, right, to balance the fight or flight. And so acetylcholine is very important because it helps calm you down. It helps you breathe slowly, and it's also a key modulator of our mood. So if, uh, you know, acetylcholine is meant to really calm things down and that's the ultimate tar target of the neurotransmitter response for acetylcholine is to help the parasympathetic nervous system. Now, another hormone or another neurotransmitter actually, serotonin is also made in the brain and the gut. And it's very, very important to how we feel good and also responsible for our moods. And so when you have low moods, uh, that's been linked to low levels of serotonin. And uh, Dr. Carey, uh, tell us a little bit about serotonin in the gut. Right. So there, you have a lot of serotonin receptors in your gut. And so if you were having issues with gut problems, whether it's bloating, constipation, diarrhea, um, your neurotransmitters might also be imbalanced. A lot of your microbiome, which is the gut bacteria in your 
your small intestines, your, your um, large intestines, um, they are in charge of producing the, the precursors to neurotransmitters like serotonin. So if you have a imbalanced gut or some dysbiosis or bad bacteria growing or bacterial overgrowth, then you might not be having a good balanced way of producing neurotransmitters. And we talk a lot about these technical terms. All in all is that you definitely want to make sure you have a good gut as your second brain, right? Because it produces neurotransmitters, okay? Serotonin and also all the other types of neurotransmitters can be produced using the precursors from the gut microbiome. Kind of uh, how you say you can feel uh, butterflies when you're nervous and, or when you feel panicky or irritable, your gut is feeling that too, right? Because that's your second brain. You, you're digesting not only food, but you're digesting the, the feelings and the knowledge and what you're going through. So if you're thinking that this is normal to feel this way, to feel kind of anxious and panicky or uh, feel depressed and your low, mood is low, is not normal and you have to really get down to the root cause of what can be causing this, okay? Um, and underlying, it could be a lot of stress that you're dealing with or an unhealthy gut that you might need to look at. Um, and so it's important to be, make sure you, you're looking at all parts of your body. And it is yeah, important to look at the whole body holistically, right? And that's what makes neurotransmitter problems so hard to identify and correct is because you have to look at the body holistically to determine whether any imbalances exist. And then from that, after that, you have to learn how to correct them safely, gently, and naturally as well. So, you know, if this sounds like something your body needs, then contact our team at 714-709-8000 for more information. And so now that we know what neurotransmitters are, let's take a look at what can make them imbalanced. And we see a lot of people coming in with adrenal issues that uh, would have a little neurotransmitter and mood imbalance as well. Some days they're irritable, some days they are calm, some days they are just over the moon, and other days they are down in the dumps. And oftentimes it's intertwined with sprinkles of anxiety, sometimes when it's really bad panic attacks, and also inability to sleep. And when you tickle a put this whole picture together, you're, it just shows that the body is very irritable. It's not very steady. And, you know, it's just like when the wind blows, they can just fall over. And so, you know, uh, why is this, Dr. Carey, that happens with uh, the body? So when you undergo chronic stress, um, your body has this response, this neuroendometabolic stress response. And your body can get used to, to having this autonomic reactive sympathetic response as your HPA axis produces, wants to produce more and more cortisol, okay? Cortisol usually is the anti-inflammatory um, uh, hormone by, that is produced by your adrenals to reduce that sympathetic resp response because norepinephrine and epinephrine can be very inflammatory to your body, 
right? Epinephrine is actually produced um, to help you run away. it constricts your heart and constricts your blood vessels in order to get more, most of the blood to your heart so that it can pump so that you can run fast. So that's what uh, you do in CPR, right? When you have CPR, not only do you do chest compressions, but you also give epinephrine so that all the blood can go to your heart and to your brain. But long-term, it can really also constrict so much that um, less of the circulation goes to your extremities. And so that can be very inflammatory if you are under chronic stress. Therefore, you have to really think about um, how your body is coping with that chronic stress. It then puts out cortisol, right? And cortisol is there as a natural steroid uh, that your adrenals are putting out in order to reduce that inflammatory response. And over time, though, your adrenals can get tired of putting out cortisol and also epinephrine. And therefore it just gets tired and you get more and more sensitive to all these little signals from the epinephrine, from the norepinephrine that can be signaled, that can be triggered from any little thing, right? Whether it's getting excited or running away or dog barking, something you're just not used to can trigger you. Um, So that's why people get a little more sensitive with their reactive sympathetic response. And it's very important to be able to try to calm that down with lifestyle changes and um, breathing, right? Dr. Jeremy, can you go into a little more about breathing? Well, the way you are actually breathing is going to help control the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. And so we always recommend to our patients something called adrenal breathing exercises, which we actually have an app on the phone for, and then you can look it up on YouTube too, uh, to how to perform it. And basically that's going to activate kind of the vagus nerve or the way you breathe, and that's going to help calm your body down by activating the parasympathetic nervous system. There are also a lot of other things that can be toxic to our neurotransmitters. What are some of those things, Dr. Jeremy? Uh, Well, you know, environmental toxins can also be uh, quite toxic to near neurotransmitters, uh, such as, you know, if you're using uh, laundry detergent that might have a lot of chemicals, pesticides in the food that we eat can also interfere with neurotransmitters. Uh, Other things is, you know, heavy metals or mold toxicity that can also uh, affect the neurotransmitter function. And most important contributor is stress, right? Because stress causes the body to be in excitation mode all the time that your body perceives stress as a threat of survival. And so the only way it knows to keep on firing and to keep on going is to fire up the adrenaline, the norepinephrine, and the epinephrine. And so you feel like your body is on overdrive all throughout that time until it eventually burns out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And things that are artificially stimulating can also cause your neurotransmitters to be produced more like coffee and caffeine or in tea. Um, can really stimulate you to have more energy and you can take it because you want to feel more energy, but it is also pretty um, toxic to your HPA axis as you're artificially stimulating your adrenals to work harder, right? And um, other toxins are like alcohol where, where it can really destroy your gut and any bad foods that you're eating can really destroy your gut. And therefore you're also your second brain, like we talked about. So making sure that you have a good diet and good lifestyle and doing the stress and meditation and, um, 
breathing is very important too. Kind of just a whole body approach to dealing with neurotransmitter balance. And so neurotransmitter imbalances can again cause a whole range of problems and symptoms. And they're affected by a huge range of factors as well. So that's why you should never try to identify imbalances on your own. Instead, get expert help by talking to our team at 714-709-8000 to identify exactly what's causing the problem and the best ways to fix it. Now, we've talked a lot about the neurotransmitter imbalances, and so let's uh, finish up on really how to balance the neurotransmitter imbalance and how to live with it. Now, the first way to minimize and to help prevent neurotransmitter imbalance is to minimize the intake of caffeine and other stimulants, right? The reason why we are drinking coffee and tea is to kind of increase that caffeine intake uh, to really activate that sympathetic nervous system. It continues to fire those neurotransmitters. And so those neurotransmitters would just go overboard and you might not have enough inhibitory neurotransmitters to calm yourself down. So if you've been taking coffee for a long time, you don't want to go cold turkey and quit because you can have a withdrawal or you can have a rebound reaction. So you want to be sl go slow when you are trying to quit coffee. There are also other recommendations like eating food sources that are higher in amino acids and vitamin Bs. Historically, it's been good to try to modulate this kind of um, nutritional deficiencies as you might have more tendency to being blue or your mood might be down and you might be taking vitamin B because it also helps to stimulate and, and give you energy, right? People get B12 shots because they think it's gonna give them energy. And just always be careful about even vitamin Bs can be more stimulating. It can cause you to, to, to feel more ramped up artificially if you're not doing it for the right reasons. So if you have adrenal fatigue and your body's not strong, it can actually trigger adrenal crash. Uh, amino, amino acids are also sometimes stimulating, even though they can be the building blocks for neurotransmitters. So you always want to make sure that you're doing it uh, under the right uh, purpose and under the right influence, okay, for doing the vitamin Bs and amino acids to build neurotransmitters. There are also a lot of herbs, glandulars, ashwagandha, green tea, rhodiola, uh, adaptogens that can also cause more imbalances as they can cause either stimulation or calming. They're called adaptogens because they can go either way. So you always want to be careful before you just start um, and you say, oh, I have adrenal fatigue, I'm going to take an ashwagandha. But we've seen many, many cases in people who are sensitive who start taking ashwagandha and it has the opposite reaction. It makes them even more stimulated and they get more panicky, wired, tired, and it has an opposite reaction. And so you have to always be careful about adaptogens depending on the stage of adrenal fatigue that you do have. So that's all that we have for today on the Dr. Lamb Show. We hope that you found this information helpful and that it answered some of the burning questions that you may have had uh, regarding neurotransmitters and your health. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show if you found it useful. This really helps the Dr. Lam Show get uh, found by people who might have neurotransmitter imbalances but can't get to the right information or help from sources. 
See you next time. And remember that we're always here to empower you to take control of your health. This podcast has been produced and broadcast solely for informational and educational purposes by Lamb Clinic. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and have not been evaluated by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. The products and supplements discussed in this podcast are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you believe you may have a medical condition, please consult your own doctor. Opinions of guests are their own, and Lamb Clinic does not endorse or accept responsibility for any of the statements and views made by guests. The views and opinions of guests in the podcast are their own and do not reflect those of Lamb Clinic. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. In some cases, individuals on the podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in the products or services referred to herein. Podcast listeners should always seek the advice of their physicians or other qualified health providers with any questions they may have regarding their own medical conditions. Podcast listeners must always continue to follow the advice of their personal physicians for all of their medical needs.